G'day and welcome to Ad Nauseam Podcast. This is Kieran. Today we're going to talk about some orthopedic procedures. We'll start with anterior shoulder dislocation. The main resource is dislocation.com.au, which is Neil Cunningham's website that's got some algorithms for various dislocations. We'll start with the adduction techniques, the first of which is the Cunningham method. So sitting upright in the analgesic position, what is the analgesic position? Well, that's an adducted shoulder with a flexed elbow in neutral rotation, so between internal and external rotation. The dislocated shoulder is going to be resting, or the, the hand of the dislocated shoulder is going to be resting on the clinician's same shoulder, so right shoulder to right shoulder, with the clinician's right hand or the same hand resting on the forearm of the dislocated um, shoulder. With the clinician's contralateral hand, we're going to be massaging the deltoid and biceps muscles to facilitate release of the muscle tension, which is the main thing keeping the shoulder from enlocating. Whilst massaging, uh, the clinician will be doing gentle anterior and posterior movements, so a rocking sort of motion of shoulder flexion and extension, uh, whilst uh, massaging to allow reduction, and that's quite often successful without uh, without pain relief or with, say, some intranasal fentanyl. The second adduction technique is the coca technique. Again, sitting upright in the analgesic positions with a flexed elbow, neutral rotation, uh, and the shoulder adducted. The first step is going to be shoulder external rotation, then shoulder flexion, and then shoulder internal rotation. The next technique is the zero position, and that's quite similar to the FAIRS uh, technique, the F-A-R-E-S technique. Again, sitting upright or semi-recumbent. Start with the arm adducted if possible, with the elbow extended this time, and holding the wrist uh, with a towel on the spine just to try and isolate that shoulder. This then slow AB duction with anterior and posterior rocking movements gently of the humerus and then the clinician is going to fix the humeral head with their thumb so usually holding the uh, patient's dislocated uh, shoulder with the contralateral arm so right shoulder with the left arm and then with the right hand fixing the humeral head with the, the right thumb we're going to stop at 90 degrees with the patient to relax and then proceed to the zero position, which is about 105 degrees of abduction. Following on with this scapular rotation technique, again sitting upright with the shoulder flexed to 90 degrees, elbow extended with neutral rotation. The clinician is going to hold the wrist with their contralateral arm, so for a right shoulder dislocation, going to hold with the left arm with the ipsilateral arm, so for a right shoulder dislocation, the right hand of the clinician resting on the clavicle. The second operator is going to rotate the scapula with the inferior tip going medially and the superior scapula going laterally, so effectively the glenoid is going to be angled downward to try and get that uh, humeral head uh, back and located. The next technique is the spazo technique, the patient supine this time with the affected arm grasped around the wrist or the distal forearm with an extended elbow. It's going to be gently lifting the arm vertically, so a gentle traction vertically, uh, vertically against gravity. Uh, 
gentle external rotation of the shoulder by rotating the wrist and forearm that's being grasped by the clinician and the operator's other hand can gently palpate the humeral head to aid reduction. So it's actually quite similar to the zero position in a way, uh, but a, a supine version of that. The next technique is the Stimson technique, which is now lying prone with the dislocated shoulder uh, or the arm of the dislocated shoulder hanging over the bed. Uh, weights in the form of fluid bags or a specially designed uh, weight that straps around the wrist uh, is designed to uh, have traction in the direction of gravity uh, tied to the wrist and leaving uh, that patient over time for the muscles to relax and spontaneous enlocation to occur. Uh, this is a painful method, so we'll need some analgesia. And finally, the milch method. Again, supine with the arm adducted, elbow flexed with neutral rotation. The clinician's contralateral hand will hold the wrist, so left hand for right shoulder dislocation, with the ipsilateral hand holding the upper arm proximal to the medial epicondyle, and that's the right hand for right shoulder dislocation facing the patient. The clinician uh, provides gentle axial traction with the hand holding the upper arm, so right arm for right shoulder dislocation, whilst the other hand, so the left hand for the uh, right shoulder dislocation, externally rotates and AB ducts the shoulder to the zero position, so about 105 degrees of AB duction. At this point, the elbow is uh, extended fully, and then with the um, ipsilateral uh, hand of the clinician, so right hand for right shoulder dislocation, the humeral head is palpated in the axilla, aiming to assist the, uh, the humeral head over the glenoid labrum. Once the shoulder's enlocated, the shoulder then needs to be adducted and elbow flexed with internal rotation and a uh, shoulder immobiliser uh, fitted. Now for inferior shoulder dislocation, uh, luxatio erecte. The patient will be supine with 30 degrees head up. The affected shoulder will be adducted to 180 degrees, so facing vertically, and the clinician, the first clinician will hold the shoulder in that position, not pulling no traction, just holding, whilst the second clinician palpates the inferior scapular tip. The clinician holding the uh, arm adducted to 180 degrees will then to gentle anterior and posterior movements, again held in 180 degrees of adduction, and the second operator will manipulate the scapular tip, pushing the scapular tip medially, so the glenoid rotates down, uh, downwards. If the um, dislocation is not reduced by this man uh, manoeuvre, it will then be in the subglenoid position, which can then convert to a, a zero position technique. So rotating the arm from 180 degrees of adduction, AB ducting it towards the zero position at about 105 degrees, and then convert to the zero position technique with humeral head manipulation. For shoulder dislocations that are posterior, we'll cover two methods, the Cunningham and De Palma methods. Starting with Cunningham, the patient sitting upright, the shoulder adducted 
and flex elbow flex to 90 degrees with internal rotation. The clinician has a firm grip of the arm with the contralateral hand and the forearm with the ipsilateral hand facing the patient. The clinician will then flex the patient's shoulder slowly to 90 degrees and then externally rotate the shoulder and that should result in enlocation. The De Palma method, again sitting upright, with the shoulder internally rotated and adducted with the elbow flexed to 90 degrees, the clinician faces the patient with the ipsilateral hand grasping over the elbow and forearm and the contralateral hand grasp, grasping over the biceps from, from the posterior aspect. The ipsilateral hand will provide some caudal or axial traction uh, from the forearm and elbow and the contralateral hand will that's holding around the biceps, will manipulate the humeral head by levering the humerus laterally first and then anteriorly around the glenoid labrum. Okay, we'll talk about hip dislocations now and we'll start off with posterior dislocations. They're 80% of hip dislocations, often in a flexed, adducted, internally rotated and shortened position. We've got to keep in mind sciatic and perineal nerve injuries, avascular necrosis of the femoral head, and of course, recurrence. The procedures fundamentally utilise axial traction, either directly or levered traction from knee manipulation. We'll start with the Captain Morgan technique. Firstly, the patient's lying supine with a flexed hip and flexed knee to 90 degrees. The proceduralist places their ipsilateral foot on the bed parallel to the patient's thigh. So for a left uh, hip dislocation, that's the proceduralist's left uh, leg, with the knee supporting the patient's popliteal fossa and the ipsilateral hand holding the anterior ankle. Again, left hand for left hip dislocation. The assistant holds the, down the pelvis by applying pressure over the bilateral uh, anterior superior iliac spines and the proceduralist applies an upward force which is essentially traction to the leg by firstly plantar flexing their foot and secondly simultaneously levering the leg by flexing the knee with the uh, ipsilateral hand pushing the anterior ankle downward. If unsuccessful, uh, repeat with internal rotation, external rotation, adduction or abduction. For the Ellis technique, the patient's lying supine with the hip and knee flexed to 90 degrees with neutral rotation. The proceduralist stands on the bed, the patient's ankles between the proceduralist's knees and the proceduralist's arms wrapped around uh, the knee. The assistant holds down the pelvis by applying pressure over the bilateral ASISs. An axial traction is applied behind the knee towards the ceiling with increasing force similar to the Captain Morgan force. The proceduralist applies a rocking motion between internal and external rotation as traction is applied, and as the hip begins to reduce, the proceduralist should straighten the hip and knee and externally rotate the hip. It's important to note the unfavourable ergonomics for the clinician and the risk of clinician back injury with this technique. And thirdly, the Whistler technique. Firstly, the patient's lying supine with both hips flexed to about 135 degrees with both, both knees at 90 degrees of flexion. The proceduralist stands on the same side of the bed as the dislocated hip and using their contralateral hand, so a left hand for right hip dislocation or right hand for left hip dislocation, place 
under the dislocated knee or the knee of the dislocated hip uh, and rest it on the contralateral patella. The proceduralist's uh, free hand, so right hip for the uh, right hand for right hip and left hand for left hip, then flexes the knee by pushing down on the lower anterior shin uh, using the other forearm as a fulcrum. So essentially that applies a levered axial traction similar to uh, the mechanism of a Captain Morgan technique. Anterior hip dislocations now, which make up 10 to 20% of hip dislocations, they're often in a flexed, abducted, externally rotated position and may appear longer than the normal leg. We think about femoral artery and femoral nerve injuries for these anterior hip dislocations. Firstly, the patient may well need muscle relaxation and general anesthesia to get the, the hip back in. The patient's lying supine with a flexed knee and hip to, 40, uh, to 90 degrees, rather, with 45 degrees of external rotation of the hip. The proceduralist applies axial traction along the fem- uh, femur, and the assistant applies posterolateral directed pressure to the femoral head to move uh, over the acetabular rim and once the hips over the acetabular rim, uh, internal rotation of the hip is applied. Thanks for listening to Ad Nauseam Podcast. I hope you found it informative. Until next time, see you later.